Charlie Duncan had it. They turned it over. Alley oop back to Kevin. Oh, baby! Woo! KD! You can see it coming, and the building is electric off that slam dunk. Hello and welcome into the Believe in Timberwolves podcast. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. As always, you can find me on Twitter at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E NBA. And on today's episode, we have a mailbag. I'm really excited to get this done. This should be posting either late Tuesday night or early Wednesday morning. Um, I'm actually recording right before the NBA final starts, about an hour before tip-off. So... I'm going to talk a little bit about the finals in this episode right away, and then we're going to move into Timberwolves-specific questions. But I just want to go out there and say thank you all for letting me take off last week for the 4th of July. had a great weekend, but now it is time to be back with the weekly show, hopefully for the rest of the summer as the draft, free agency, everything like that heats up. I'm hoping to be able to record once a week, and it should be a ton of fun. But specifically talking about the NBA Finals and the matchup between the Bucks and the Suns, Um, I just want to give my prediction and what I think might happen. Um, obviously, like I said, uh, the Suns and Bucks are tipping off later tonight. And personally, my prediction would be the Suns winning in six games. That is my official prediction on the record. Um, one, because I think even though Giannis potentially might be playing, you guys will know by the time this is uploaded, but Giannis might potentially be playing in game one. And even if he looks 90% healthy, he might he's probably not going to be 100% healthy, which will hamper some of what the Bucks can do. But I think even with the healthy Giannis, I think the Suns are going to take this one. Um, overall, I think they just have an equally great offense, a good defense, and everything just kind of fits together. And I think that it's like, I don't know, the Chris Paul effect. Now, I don't credit Chris Paul as much as some do, but Chris Paul has been fantastic. But I think a lot of it comes down to Devin Booker has also just been fantastic. Um, Mikhail Bridges has been one of the most undervalued guys all season by a lot of people. But really smart basketball minds have, you know, really came out and given him his flowers. And I think that's well-deserved because he really, really, really has been a huge 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 factor in that team making the finals and then DeAndre Ayton's been great as well and then they've just had solid contributions all across the board from campaign to Dario Saric to Jay Crowder just you name the person and they've done something positive for that team and I think that they just match up really well with the Bucks. obviously Giannis isn't a person you're going to be able to stop on a nightly basis but you know if they can throw Bridges at him, they can throw Crowder at him. They can give him different looks. Um, I think they're going to be okay. I think that they're going to be able to win this uh, series in six games, if not five games. Um, but I, like I said, I don't really have a rooting interest here. I know I'm from Minnesota. Maybe we're supposed to hate the Bucks. I don't really care. The only Wisconsin team I hate is the Packers. So it does that part of it doesn't phase me at all. Um, I'd be happy with either team winning, but... I just think that if I had to go out and make a pick, I'm saying Suns and Six, and that's what I'm sticking with. Um, But before we do get into the mailbag part of this episode, I do have to pause quick, get a quick word from our sponsor, so we'll be right back. 
Speaking of the NBA Finals, if you're confident that the Suns are going to win against the Bucks in four or five games, why don't you head on over to betonline.ag and throw a little bit of money down on it. Currently, the Suns winning in four or five games is at plus 230 for the odds. And if you are confident, like I said, you can go ahead, throw money down on it at betonline.ag. And there is also some benefits to doing that. BetOnline has all the latest odds, news, information for all of your online sports betting needs. So visit their website today, again, betonline.ag, or you can even use your mobile device to join, and you will receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch, head on over to BetOnline and start playing today. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, so we are back for the mailbag portion of this uh, episode, and I have you know a number of questions coming on Twitter, and I'm going to answer some of them. Actually, I think I'm going to answer all of them. Some of them are going to be really in-depth. Some of them are going to be a little bit less in-depth, just kind of based on the question. But the first question comes from Braden Todd, um, and his question was, who, outside of Anthony Edwards, Jaden McDaniels, takes the biggest leap for the Timberwolves next season? Now, obviously, nobody can see into the future, but if I had to guess, and this might be a little out of left field, some people might not be expecting this answer, but I really think that Carl Anthony Towns is a player that is going to benefit the most and take the biggest leap next season when you talk about overall schematic changes that Chris Finch is going to implement, the talent that he's going to be surrounded with, and the health that he's coming into next season with. I think those are all going to be really big factors, and Carl Anthony Towns taking a huge leap. Now, Cat last season shot, I believe, his worst field goal percentage of his career, um, which is just not something that we've really thought, you know, really looked at that much. I know some people have talked about it a little bit, but overall, Carl Anthony Towns' field goal percentage last season was 48.6%, which is his first time ever under 50%. Um, and some of that comes with shooting more threes, but he, and he didn't shoot quite as good from three. But the real problem was how poorly he shot it from, from two, and he shot 11 twos last season and only made 54% of them, which is also the worst of his career. So, Overall, I think that's a really big part of it. Um, some of that had to do with, you know, his wrist being hurt last season, not being 100% healthy. So having to take a lot of shots with, you know, his uh, right arm, not being able to finish with his left. He really didn't finish with his left until, you know, a lot of the way through the season. Towards the end of the season, he finally started using his left hand a little bit more. But he's going to have this whole offseason um, with no contact to really focus on getting that wrist healthy. He's not going to have surgery or anything like that. But I think next season we could see Cat averaging almost 30 points a game, um, back up to maybe 12 rebounds, you know. But I think what's most important, what's going to help the most, or it's going to go up the most, I think his assist numbers are going to skyrocket to maybe from, he's at 4.5 this season, to maybe six or seven assists per game next season, maybe even eight if things go really well. So I think that's the thing that's really going to, take Towns to the next level is his passing ability and I think that that's why I think he's going to have the biggest leap on the team outside of I think Ant and Jaden just factoring in age you know baking in that progression I think they're going to have the biggest leaps but I think Cat's going to be the guy probably to have the, the second biggest leap and a lot of it's coming you know with schematic changes but also just overall health when you look at Cat his first three seasons in the league he didn't miss a single game um, and then in 2018-19 he ended up getting in a car accident and he missed a few games that way and then I took I think he might not have played in the last game of the season that year too. So he played 77 games and then last year, obviously a shortened year, but Cat still missed about half the season. He ended up playing 35 games and then um this past season 
um, that just finished up. He ended up playing 50 games because he had that wrist injury and he was out with COVID. So I think he's going to be the one. If I had to go ahead and throw out another name of somebody that I think also is going to take a big leap, um, I think D'Angelo Russell's one that I think is going to. Um, I think he's going to benefit a lot from playing, you know, being healthy one, first of all, he wasn't healthy for most of last season. And then the last, I think, 19 games or whatever it was, you know, he looked awesome. Just fantastic, especially playmaking-wise. So I think he's going to take a big leap. But if we're talking outside of the main guys right there, I think one person that could potentially take a leap um, is Jalen Noel um, as a scorer. I think he could potentially take a leap to come off the bench and really be that guy. Uh, Jared Culver maybe could take a leap if he gets minutes, but the faith in Culver is just really low, man. I know he was dealing with some injury, but that I don't think that was really it. It's been it's confidence issues, and until he gets those put to the side, I don't know. I want to hold a little bit of stock in Culver because I really like him, but he needs to prove something. So I don't really think he he could because he's so low that. You know, a leap could till you know he could take a leap and still only be like your ninth man, uh, because that's just how bad he's been. Um, and then another person is maybe, I guess Malik Beasley could take a leap in a way of like playing solid defense or facilitating the ball more, maybe doing a little bit of off the dribble things. Um, but we'll see what that looks like. But I would say Cat overall, I think Cat is going to take the biggest leap for the Timberwolves. Maybe I'm wrong. Check back next year, and I could be totally out of pocket for this one. I don't know, but that's my prediction as of right now. Um, Hustle Play 3000 uh, asked, any trade targets you're, you're excited about besides the main ones being talked about? And he's saying Simmons, Turner, Collins are the main ones. There's a couple guys that I would like the Timberwolves to target and try and go and get. Larry Nance is a guy that I've kind of been pining for for the last you know, few months. I think that his overall skill set um, and value to an NBA team would be great here, especially next to Carlin Towns at the four. There's some other guys that I think would be interesting. I don't know if they're targets that the Wolves are targeting. They're just kind of people that I've came up with in my own mind. Someone like PJ Washington would be a great get if you could if the Hornets are trying to make a trade with someone, you could sneak in as a third team and try and facilitate that. Getting PJ Washington out of it would be great. Miles Bridges is another one, though I would prefer Washington over Bridges. Um but I would say um yeah, definitely PJ Washington is like one of my favorite targets. Um, but I have no idea how attainable he is. Um, there's some other guys, too, that, you know, potentially could be cool to get. But, like, I don't know how feasible they are. I mean, Al Horford's a guy I've talked about, but he just got traded to Boston. And I think Boston might be looking to hold on to him. I don't know. Um, so I don't really know who else there really is. I mean, there's a ton of guys. I'm not going to throw a million names at you, but those are a couple of guys that I think would be worth worthwhile trying to snag. Um, basically PJ Washington's my favorite one. I don't know if he's available. I don't know if the Timberwolves would be interested, but I think he'd be a solid defender next to Cat. He's only six seven, but he plays a lot bigger than that. He shoots the three well. He plays good defense. Um, he's mobile. And I think it would fit in really good on both sides of the ball here. So that's my favorite one. Um, but again, I have no idea if the Timberwolves are interested or if he's available at all, but just gonna go ahead and throw that out there um as someone I would personally try to target if I was Gerson Rosas. Um, the next person asked, it was Halliburton Hivemind. It's at Loud and Hurt. He said, am I insane to consider Jaden untouchable and also more valuable than D'Lo, especially in a Simmons trade? What type of defensive versatility with an offensive game um, 
that type, excuse me, sorry, that type of defensive versatility with an offensive game that has consistently grown is more valuable to me than a guy in a max that we know who he is. Uh, first off, I'm going to push back a little bit. I don't think we know who D'Lo is yet because I think this is going to be the most talent D'Lo has ever been around. So I don't know if we really know who he is. But besides that point, um, I don't think you're necessarily insane to say that Jaden's, um, you know, untouchable and maybe even more valuable than D'Lo because even if D'Lo does grow quite a bit I don't he's not a max level player so obviously Jaden's contract situation is a little bit more valuable um and the defensive versatility is really valuable too but in the terms of a Ben Simmons trade I don't think Jaden should necessarily be fully untouchable but I think you try and find a way to make it work without him whether you're giving up more picks or something but regardless of that I personally for me the only way I want Ben Simmons not the only way but I really only want Simmons if it comes with, you know, the idea that D'Lo is staying and spacing the floor for Ben Simmons with Kat and Ant and Jaden and D'Lo. That would be, like, ideal. And if you have to give up some of those pieces, I don't really know if I'm trying to do it because I think you're really minimizing the impact that Ben Simmons can have on the offensive side of the ball when you don't surround him with shooters. I mean, that was the whole problem in, you know, Philadelphia, right? Like, you had Embiid, who is an okay shooter, but he's not Cat. And then you didn't have a guard who could play make or really get to his own spots. And it just kind of all hampered Ben Simmons. So I kind of want both of them there. But I wouldn't say you're insane to consider him untouchable. I think he's pretty untouchable in my opinion. But I think for the right thing, you can trade him. Um, but I get, I get where you're coming at for sure. Uh, the next person is Ball Eyes North. Shout out to Jerry for coming on the podcast a while ago. Um, Jerry asks, Wew, he said. Uh, Malik Beasley obviously gets thrown into a lot of trade scenarios, but what does it look like if he's just on the team next season? We never got to see him with fully optimized Ant, Cat, D'Lo, Jaden combination. And I believe it was Jake Painting who pointed this out the other day. That five, um, D'Lo, Malik, Ant, Jaden, Cat, has never been been on the floor at the same time um all five of them so yeah we truly have never seen that lineup so if Malik Beasley isn't traded if he is in fact on the Minnesota Timberwolves next season I would still like to see a world where we get a another defender preferably a four into the starting lineup so Jaden can shift down to the three and Malik can come off the bench um I don't think Malik is a perfect sixth man type guy because he's not really a shot creator he's more of a movement shooter where you find him open in the corner or he comes off a ball screen or a an, a, a screen away from the ball or something just to get himself open and just to fire from three he's not a guy who's going to break you down get to the basket or break you down hit a step back three um which is fine you know I think that you can find a way to optimize that role playing with Ricky Rubio would be one way you know, off the bench, and then D'Lo obviously is going to play with him a little bit if he's coming off the bench. It's not like they're going to be completely staggered, but yeah, I think that um, I think it would work. I don't want him in that starting lineup just because I think we need a little bit more defense, be able to put D'Lo and Ant at the one and two, and then Jaden at the three, and really try to get close to a league average defense if we're trying to make the playoffs. So I think if he's on the team, you know. I think it looks like him coming off the bench, but I could be wrong. If he comes in and starts, I think he would, you know, play really well off the other guys. You, you can't have enough shooting. I just wish he could play defense. If he could play defense, 
I'd be 100% in on him being in the starting lineup. But if he's not playing defense, you know, it's hard for me to want him in there, especially when you have other non-defenders in that lineup. All right, and the next question comes from, I am i don't even know how to pronounce this. We're going to go with Noi. It's N-O-I-E and then C-F-C. Um, on Twitter, he said, would you trade Ant for Dame? This is a question that is super tough to answer because it sounds really, really simple, right? Damian Lillard is one of the 10 best players in this league, potentially top five, um, depending how you rank players. Um, But he's also one of the clutchest players in the league, and he is just a huge, huge superstar, right? But it's also like, is making that trade enough to win you a championship? If it's not, you probably don't make that trade because there's no point. If you're not winning the championship, don't mortgage a future to try and go out and do it if it's not going to work. So it's tough. I would lean towards not making that trade because realistically, you're not going to trade just Ant for Dame. You also got to throw in picks. You got to throw in salary. So have it. So my answer would be no. Um... But if I was another team that was closer to winning a title, I would trade for Dame. I'd trade my young star for Dame. If I was the Celtics, I would potentially trade Jalen Brown for Dame. But at this point in time, I would not trade um, you know, Ant for Dame just because I don't think the Wolves would win the championship if we had Damian Lillard. I, I don't think it would happen because you'd be giving up too much. Uh, you don't have the depth to do it. If you have an injury to a star, you're screwed. So I wouldn't do it. I would not make that trade. But if you would, I wouldn't call you crazy for that. I know some of you might call me crazy for my opinion, but it is what it is. But my short answer would be no. Um, Next is also from Halbert and Hivemind. He said, what are some building along the margins candidates around the league and how do they fit into Rosa's vision? Um, There's a ton of guys like that that you can build around the margins. Like Nerlens Noel is a guy like that. Um... Jakob Pertl's a guy like that. Dwight Powell. Like, those are guys where you can try and get one of them in and they can make a positive impact. So, those are a couple names. I mean, there's just a ton of people I could go ahead and name just literally bounds and bounds as well. We could go down the line um, and you could go, ooh, Alec Burks would be a guy that you could try and go get. Daniel Tice would be another guy. Um, Rashawn Holmes, he might not be a margins guy. He maybe is a little step higher than that. Um, but, you know, maybe like Zach Collins is a guy, if he can stay healthy, he would, you know, help you around the margins. Bobby Portis, uh, TJ McConnell, those are guys that potentially could really help you on the margins. I don't know who Rosas would be targeting or anything like that, but those are definitely names that you can throw out there that could help you on the margins. I'm sorry I don't have specific names. It's hard with those mid-tier, like, no way did I think Ed Davis was going to be on the Timberwolves last year, um, but he was. It's just hard to predict things like that. Um, so I don't, I don't have specific names for you. I'm sorry. I wish I did, but I do not. Um, but let's move on. The next one is from the Alley Ope. Um, he said a lot of, or a lot might hinge on D'Lo, Cat, and Ant, but if Rosas can't make any major changes to the rest of the roster prior to the season starting, who would need to make the biggest leap in development for the Wolves to be competitive? Now, I think we already saw the Wolves be competitive, um, after the All-Star break last season. Um, and that was without Malik Beasley. So assuming either Beasley is back or that he's traded for someone, I think they're going to be competitive regardless. Depending on your 
definition of competitive? Are you saying playoffs? Are you saying, you know, home court advantage? Are you saying play-in? Are you saying, what are you saying? You know, 500 record. I don't know what your specific definition of competitive is. But I think as they are, I think they can be competitive. But if you get a leap from Jaden, you bake in that progression from Ant. And if Cat is optimized, Delo is optimized, I think you're a very competitive team next season. So I don't think, um, I would say if, out, out, you know, I talked about this earlier with the leap thing. I think Cat is going to be the way that you are really, really competitive. It's him making that leap. And then obviously Ant making a leap just from being a rookie to a sophomore. But I would say those two for sure are going to make you the most competitive in the league. Um, that you've been in a long time, maybe outside of the Jimmy year, but you get what I'm saying. Uh, the next one comes from Taylor and they said upcoming MLE veteran guys, you think we could land that would make a significant impact. Any names, DeMarcus Cousins, James Johnson, uh, Montres Harrell, Alex Caruso, Will Barton, TJ McConnell. Those are all names. Um, some of them I think would be an impact. Some of them I don't. Um, and I don't really, it's so hard to know who's available on the MLE. If the Wolves are going to use the MLE or part of the MLE, and uh, if those guys would come. The Timberwolves tried to use it last year on like Derek Jones Jr. It didn't work. I think they might have tried to use it on Paul Millsap too. It didn't work. Those guys also want to come here, and if they see greener pastures elsewhere, they're going to take that 10 times out of 10 because they're not going to come to Minnesota, who's at the bottom of the league, where they can go play for potentially a contender. Um, and I don't think Rosas is going to throw the MLE at someone just to throw the MLE at someone. Um, I don't think he wants to muddy those waters. I think those that money can be useful at some point. If the Timberwolves have a decent um, season this coming season, potentially like an eight seed or something like that, then they're going to attract, you know, if an MLE guy's like, you know, I could help that team get to like a five seed. And if they get a little bit better, then we could potentially be home court advantage. So I think that's the way you get an MLE guy. So I'd be pretty surprised if they use the full MLE this season. Unless someone just falls in their laps, which I don't really see happening. So I would say probably not going to be a full MLE guy coming in unless the perfect one falls into their laps, which, like I said, I don't really see that happening. Uh, the next one comes from Mr. Stamps. He said, with Rosas, comments about, quote, unquote, being active in trade talks. Who do you believe are the most likely players slash assets to be traded this offseason? I think that... Malik Beasley is a very, very um, high chance of being traded this offseason. And I think Ricky Rubio is the other one that has a high chance of being traded as well. I think those are those salary filler guys that can go get you someone um, of a higher pay. Uh, So I think those guys are pretty likely. Also, I think that you, I mean, you'd like to keep Malik Beasley, but realistically, like getting a power forward, I think is a bigger need. So I think that's maybe your way to go out and get a power forward. And then Ricky Rubio, he just makes a lot of money. If you could, I don't know, turn that contract into something more valuable or something like that, or maybe kind of do what they did with the James Johnson one, basically just extend that poor contract for another season so you can trade it next offseason, potentially that could happen. I don't really know, Um, but those are options. But I would say Malik Beasley and Ricky Rubio would be the guys I think are the most likely trade assets. Other ones would be like, you know, our first round picks for the next however many years and whatever, if you're talking about Ben Simmons coming in or whatever, you're going to have to throw out some draft capital. So those are other assets that I think might be likely, but I'd say most likely is like probably number one, Ricky Rubio, then number two, Malik Beasley, and then uh, so on and so forth with the draft picks and whatnot. Uh, The next one comes from Jake at JV Swaps. 
He said, knowing what we know now about the weaker, quote-unquote weaker, 2020 class, in what order would you draft Anthony Edwards, LaMelo Ball, James Wiseman, Cade Cunningham, Evan Mobley, and Jalen Suggs? So knowing what we know about them now. So that is saying, after the rookie seasons, who would you draft in what order? Um, I'm going to put this out there. I think it's really valuable that we've already seen Ant and LaMelo succeed in the league. So that they would automatically be my top two. And I would lean towards Anthony Edwards being the number one um, in that order, you know, in that rankings. Because I think scoring wings are the most valuable part of an NBA team. And that's what you have with Anthony Edwards. So I would say he's number one. LaMelo Ball is number two. We've seen them both be successful. And that is a lot better than an unknown coming in with, um, you know, no NBA tape, things like that. Um, then I would say Cade Cunningham comes in number three. Um, and then I would say Evan Mobley. Then I would say Jalen Suggs and then James Wiseman. I think Wiseman is still has a chance to be a solid NBA player. Um, but I don't necessarily think that that chance is after what I seen from his rookie season, I don't think that chance is any higher than Suggs, Mobley, or Cunningham having a you know a solid career. If we were doing this before the 2020 draft, this would be totally different. Cade Cunningham would be number one. LaMelo Ball would probably be two because I had him number one over Anthony Edwards. Um, but knowing what we know, I'd go Ant, LaMelo, Cade, Mobley, Suggs, Wiseman in that order. Lock it in. That's what I'm doing. Um, the next question comes from Josh Polly. He said, what would it take for you to trade Ant? And then what would it take for you to trade Jaden? So to trade Ant, I think you'd need the perfect superstar to, you know, win you a championship. And it would have to be somebody that's going to allow your defense to be league average while also being a superstar on the offensive side of the ball. So it would probably take someone like Anthony Davis, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, potentially like Paul George. Uh, not, I wouldn't even go to Paul George. I'd say that's not quite enough. Um, and I know that's crazy to say, but I truly believe you have to win the championship if you're trading Anthony Edwards. So Kawhi, you know, potentially, you know, I would maybe trade him for Jason Tatum um, just because I think Jason Tatum would fit next to Cat really well and they could still grow together. They're closest. They're not either. Neither of them are old. Um, they could grow and be like a superstar duo. Um, maybe, yeah, I don't know. It would take a lot, right? Because you're trying to win that championship. Like I keep saying, you if you're trading Ant, you're going all in on winning the championship that next season. So like Damian Lillard, like I talked about earlier, I don't know if that's enough. I don't know if your defense can withstand that. Um, same thing goes for like, you know, Paul George. I don't know if he's good enough to do that. Um, then there's other guys too, like, you know, I don't know if going out and trying to get somebody like Ben Simmons wins you a championship if you're getting up and it really there's no way it does. Um, so it would take a lot to to give up to give up Anthony Edwards. Um, but it's not impossible. Um, I think it would a lot of it comes down to like who could really help your defense and also just be a positive offensive player. Um, and that, you know, that comes down to like Giannis. I mean, you obviously you'd do it for like Kevin Durant because I think that would work out well. Potentially James Harden, you know, James Harden, Damian Lillard, that's like teetering on it for me, but I, 
I just wouldn't quite do that. So it would take a lot. I'll answer that. To trade Jaden, it wouldn't take as much to trade Jaden. Like, I would potentially throw him in a Ben Simmons package, um, depending on what else is, you know, coming back. Um, I think Jaden's value to our fan base is probably higher than other people's fan bases, just because we've seen him. You know, we have a little bit of, you know, bias in us just because we're Timberwolves fans and things like that. But overall, I think that it would take quite a bit to trade Jaden. Um, it'd have it'd be a player much better than Jaden is, but that's because I'm looking at the future of Jaden, what he can be as a defensive player, his potential growth on offense, things like that. So I would say it takes quite a bit to trade Jaden McDaniels, but I don't have uh, a super clear person on who I would trade, who I wouldn't trade, things like that. Um, but overall, you know, you're not going to just trade Jaden McDaniels for another guy that got drafted 28th overall, right? Like it has to be a pretty, pretty good player. Um, Another question came from at Joe Mama underscore underscore four two zero. What pick would Ant be if he was in the upcoming draft? I think coming in. So I talked about this kind of earlier, but I think coming in with Ant, if say Ant didn't reclassify, if he was a, a college freshman right now and he had the same college season he just had when he was at Georgia, I would take um Cade above him I would take Mobley above him and I would probably take Jalen Green above him and then I would put Ant and then like Jalen Suggs so I'd probably say four I would say four um yeah I would say four for sure um and then I had another question that was DM'd to me by at JVIRK13 he said with the current roster and no injuries do you think the Wolves are a top eight team in the Western Conference now I think if they can have relative health with the the team they have, Leandro Balmero coming in, um, and say like they re-signed Jared Vanderbilt and then just bring in somebody to fill Ed Davis's roster spot, I would say they're they're probably around the eighth or ninth seed, um, because there's a couple teams that have some injury problems coming in next season. The Nuggets won't have Jamal Murray for a lot of the season. Klay Thompson might not be ready by the time next season starts, so the Warriors could be, you know, suffering a little bit. Um, and then I just, you never know if, like, what's going to happen with, say, the Clippers or if Phoenix is going to be good, you know, will Chris Paul potentially show some signs of regression, things like that. So I think there's potential for the Timberwolves to, you know, be in the playoffs. I think they... If, like I said, with relative good health, they probably are the eighth or ninth team in the league. And that's totally fine. I think that's a good step. That's a step in the right direction for sure. So I would say, yeah, they probably are a top eight or top nine seed in the Western Conference next season with the roster they have. But if they can make some trades, they could potentially even be higher than that. They can get the right power forward in, say, an exchange for Malik Beasley or whatever it is. Yeah, I think this team could be, I mean, you know, like a six seed or a five seed. You know, if Ben Simmons comes in, you're probably up there, uh, depending what you give up. So I would say, yes, this team, as it is, is likely um, a play-in team for sure, probably a playoff team. But again, this is rose-colored glasses. We're months away from the start of next season. I am just hyped about the end of the last season and things like that. So I could be totally so much homerism going on right now. Um, But as of right now, you asked my opinion, and at this very time, when I'm sitting down recording this episode, I think the Timberwolves are a playoff team next season with the roster that they currently have. 
All right, so I think that wraps it up for all of the questions. I hope I did not miss any. If I did miss some, go ahead, tweet them at me on Twitter again. I will try to answer them there. If not, I'll do another mailbag coming up um, sometime in the next few weeks as well. So you can always send me questions on Twitter. I'm happy to answer them. Um, Again, my Twitter is at B underscore H-E-D-T-K-E-N-B-A. Go ahead and send me them. Like I said, I'll answer them. Other than that, thank you all for listening to the Believe in Timberwolves podcast presented by Bet Online. I'm your host, Brendan Hedke. Catch the episode next week as well. Don't forget to subscribe and like this podcast. Other than that, thank you for listening. Peace out.